good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is episode 211 of the Material Podcast, and I am Andy Anatko. And I'm Florence Ion, and Andy is so good at introducing the podcast. Gosh. Well, that's how you know who is uh, hosting, right, during the week, is <laughs> the messy intro is me, and the nice button-up <laughs> intro is Andy. So thank you, Andy, for keeping us professional. I think that's why we still have advertisers. <laughs> I, no, I, I feel like like I'm I'm the way over rehearsed and over over prepared voice that says things like this, whereas you are the podcast voice of saying, "Well, you know, we're just sitting down to talk, and it's okay." And then, it's true. Yeah, we're literally sure people, just sitting down. Yes. Like I'm I'm in leggings. Um, I managed to get some moisturizer on today. Like that's the kind of setting that we have for the material podcast. It really is not that glamorous as people think. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm guessing that it is exactly as glamorous as people think. I think that they think that we're two independent journalists who are not, who base, who chose this field of life partly because we are not really housebroken. Uh, for collaborative work in offices anymore. So mm -hmm, mm -mm. No, and also offices are sexist and too cold. Thank you for coming to my <laughs> TED Talk. <laughs> I'm going to get like 17 emails now. Ah, ah, you feminists, <laughs> you're all wrong. Ah. Uh, anyway, well, spe spe speaking of offices and speaking of this is this is going to be the trifecta. This is chat, uh, a story of, of my personal life that also uh, inflicts Google into uh, into okay. the proceedings. That's so this show. That's what the as, show's about. As I have done for almost like the past month and a half, I'm not podcasting from my home office. Mm -hmm. I'm podcasting from this beautiful conference room at a library that is a lovely. Uh, Lovely medium-sized walk or short bike ride from my house. Originally, paid for by tax dollars, your tax dollars. Exactly, and by America's fundamental commitment to free education for all. You know, this wasn't this was, free libraries were not just something that mm. you know, was you're, you're sort of guaranteed by birthright. Mm. The doesn't it's not like the belly button. You don't get mm -hmm. one at birth. Uh, but so I started doing this because my internet was out, and mm -hmm. I was like taking too long to finally like clean up the office and have the service people come over and fix it. It is fixed. But then I realized that uh, it was having the the idea of uh, the transition from my office life to doing a podcast used to be <laughs> sometimes literally getting out of bed where I've been working since like 930 in the morning, putting on like a clean shirt that I keep on a hanger near like the podcasting studio in the office and like 10 minutes later be on this new thing called podcasting. And I like the fact that now it became, well, it's going to be a, about a 15-minute walk away. And remember, you're going to have to make sure that everything is in the bag that you're going to need to do the podcast. And yesterday, you made sure that you uh, did the conference room. And so now, by the time I sit down to do a podcast, I've had a, a lovely walk I have like had a total change of scenery. I've totally left behind whatever work or non-work got done. Uh, so, so what is that uh, like? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you basically have to make yourself give yourself the ability to go numb. But I'm and, so comfortable at home. <laughs> see, so that, I, again, you're 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 younger than me. I've been doing this longer than you, which means that I've sort of like truly 
Like that, that, that's there at times I have to trick my brain into getting back I into know. good work habits. And so this is having many positive effects. Also, it's a, it's summer and it's usually nice. That's and the thing. Now, if you were doing this in winter, I bet, and especially for you over there on the East Coast, yeah. I think that this would be a slightly different story. It would, because it, it would be different. It, I know I, how dark it gets over there. Yeah, especially, especially inside my mind. Uh, mm, and also, well. see, the, the, the other we were talking about this before the show that the the other like positive impact of this is that over the winter, like Google Fit about every week would have that really condescending tone saying that. Why don't we adjust your activity goals down? Uh, perhaps so- now. We, it used to be try to be moving 10 minutes a day. You think you could like move for five minutes a day because we, we want you to have some victories. Just a tad. Just a tad. <laughs> yeah. just, just a tiny bit. And so, and so now there's a lot of like uh, exclamation points saying, well done. Hey, would you like to increase your movement goal for the week and your number? So that that's a good thing. Now, the... Uh, I so I've been doing this for like almost all my podcasts for the past month and a half, almost two months. Now the problem is that there's been a sense of complacency in my mind that because I feel as though the people who run this library are much much more mature and organized than I am. I feel as though it's almost impossible that I would not be able to podcast from here if I've booked this room in advance. So yesterday, I'm, I'm getting ready for Mac break. Get mm-hmm. to the library as usually. I sign the book, saying, "Up, oh, you guys, here for the you're here for uh, one forty-five. There, there you go. Oh, um, I don't know if this is important, but uh, do you need internet? Because our internet is down." And um, you know, I very much need internet because I, I can't yell that fast, uh, that loud. And so I'm like, okay, I still have time. Fortunately, the show, I haven't gotten the alert on my phone from the producer saying that we'll be starting in 30 minutes yet. So there's another conference room in another library that's very nice. Uh, I checked. I ch- I checked my. Uh, I checked the Uber app, and there was actually a car only two minutes away. So instead of going back home, where I would, ha- I actually would have had to clear off the desk and mm-hmm. make make sure that I have room for for things. I thought that well, I can definitely be. It, it will take me about ten or fifteen minutes to walk back home, plus however much time it would take for me to like uh, unplug things from outlets and make sure things. Or in twelve minutes, I could be I could be walking into the li- this other library, and five minutes later walking into either a conference room or a very quiet area where I can do this before. You know what? I'm just going to go for the, quote, safe thing, unquote, and go to this other library. And I got there, and their internet was out as well. And now the show is probably going to start in about 10 or 15 minutes. Wow. And so uh, I've gone through three different venues, including the home studio that I gave, that I decided not to go. Now I'm too far away to get back home in time. But I know that there's a Starbucks 10 minutes, a 10 minute walk away from here. And I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if I'll be able to like get a chair next to an outlet. I don't know if I'll be like set upon by hooligans who are upset that I've got this camera and this microphone and actually this little LED light on a stand. But I'll be damned if I give up now. This is this is this is the result of uh, having a father that I respect. I respect it a lot. This was like my father just like standing behind me his hand on my shoulder saying, I'm proud of you, son. There's still an option left and you're not giving up. 
And so I wound up having to do the entire Mac break weekly from a Starbucks with, with my finger like on the Skype mute button at all times. And every time that I had to talk, I would unmute the microphone because there was like music and conversation. And so I, this, of course, this ties into Google because it's the partnership with Google Starbucks that puts Google-based internet inside all the Starbuckses. And it also means that I oh, can't really? remember the last time that I encountered a Starbucks that it A, wasn't working or it was slow uh, or there was some sort of a problem or any sort of a problem with it. It's the single most reliable kind of free internet I know of. Now, I wonder if this is global uh, because Starbucks is a global brand as globalism is a thing uh, that has happened uh, to our <laughs> fair earth. And I wonder if this is this is worldwide. I actually didn't know that Google was behind all of that. I thought it was a T-Mobile deal um, or something. I think, I think it was original AT&T and it was typical what you'd expect from AT&T giving away mm -hmm. a free service. They weren't they didn't feel motivated, whereas Google, their whole business is based on we will give we will give away a service for free. That is so good that even if we say, oh, by the way, uh, your fingernails will will grow at twice the regular rate of speed over the course of a month. That most people would say, I'm kind of freaked out by that. But you know what? On the whole, I'm fine with it. This is really good. You know fast, me, though. Internet. I'm always growing my nails out. So as you know, well, we Andy, all are. Um, and actually, I just broke fingers. I broke a nail yesterday opening the fridge, which was hurtful. Um, ouch. <laughs> so thank thank you, Google. Thank you, Starbucks. I did buy I did pay for a drink. <laughs> I thought that it was. I'm just wondering how you managed to do that at Twit with all of that noise in the background. I'm just like thinking about crying children and uh, whiny patrons <laughs> and, um, the, the, you know, the, 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 the blender. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. The Frappuccino yeah. blender. It is Frappuccino season after all. <laughs> well, fortunate, fortunately, there are like four people on the panel. I'm not hosting. And so, right. Uh, if I, I, don't think I did this deliberately, but as it happened, uh, the Frappuccino machine was not running at any point in which I was really delirious to make a jump in and make a point. Mm -hmm. Also, I you know we we both have these really good microphones, and we do. I decided to, and they're very very directional, so I set it up so that I had a lot of presence on the microphone, so that mm -hmm. my, my whatever I'm saying is going to absolutely drown out anything right. else that's out there. So the the only the the only thing I'm wondering is that the show um, post. I think last night, so it's probably on YouTube. I'm just wondering if they got any copyright strikes from any music in the background. I don't think so, but I was that was in the back of my mind. No, it, you know, listen, everybody's heard all those Nora Jones songs. I'm over them, <laughs> so I think it's fine. Yeah, that's I'm a little uh, over Nora Jones at this point. They might have they might have monetized the crap out of that already. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so now I, I but uh, the other the other piece of like Andy related personal Google news is that um, now if this week as we record uh, the Google store is having its like summer summer day fun day fun time oh my sale. god don't even get me started on that because I feel like such a dunce for how much money I've spent on this pixel 3 <laughs> up until this point I have spent well over fourteen hundred dollars on this thing <laughs> so, which by the way means I am not buying whatever the pixel 4 is because I just it's absurd and I would like a new camera body this year <laughs> so that's where my money is going to go 
And I, I'm just kicking. And the reason I'm not going to do it again, why I'm not going to buy, I'm sorry, I'm totally interrupting you, Andy, but no, it's no. because of all these darn sales. Like the <laughs> Pixel 3 is around $300 now or what, six, whatever the heck it is, $300 off. It's, it's No, it's, it's $200 off for everybody at the Google store. And that's like just this week. However, some people, for some reason, are getting a coupon. I got that $300 off right. code, too. Yes, yeah, I got so that, I got, too. So I, so I got that code, which brings it down to, like, four ninety nine, dollars Which is like, what the heck? What yeah. did I do spending nine? Why did I spend? But this is why I did it, so I could complain about it on this podcast later. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I do the things, is because this is, this is how I monetize my life. But honestly, it's just at this point... Um, what is like, how am I, why would I help Google make its make units, right? Why would I help contribute to that? If I know that this thing is going to be heavily discounted six to eight months later, which is like not really a big deal in pixel land because these things get, you know, I'm, I'm incensed is really where I'm coming from. So I'm a little <laughs> emotional about this topic Yeah, because as a consumer, I feel slighted. I do. But I also should have learned. Yeah, see, it's because <laughs> we we have seen this before, and I know. so my, my my conundrum is that uh, I am excited about the Pixel Four. We're not going to be talking about it this week, but there was a, a few more little tidbits about what people seem to think yeah, is going to be in the Pixel Land. Four, and it's and it seems <laughs> and it seems very much like the sort of hardware features that are why I didn't buy, that I was hoping for, the reason why I didn't buy a Pixel 2 and didn't a buy a Pixel 3. Lens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, uh, more lenses, more sensors, a whole bunch of really, really cool stuff. Uh, maybe face unlock, who knows. Uh, and But now it's like, okay, but would you rather have the Pixel 3 and let's say now three or $400 more in the kitty so you could buy an apple watch like whatever the new apple watch is this year you could also mm. buy that now it's like oh, and also and also andy do I, need i mention that you would now have this brand new shiny phone next week not in october or november because let's let's face it if, I, if i'm willing to hold out until october I'm going to hold out until like Black Friday to see if they do uh, like a like a Black Friday $150 off $200 off sale but it's like you can it is it is the the best analog to that psychological test they give to kids saying here is a marshmallow you can eat this marshmallow right now but if you don't eat it for 2 minutes you can have two marshmallows and in my case the second marshmallow mm -hmm. is a second lens mm -hmm. so i'm I don't know what to do, uh, but for, fortunately, there. Uh, did you hear what happened? They, uh, I guess, they screwed up the code for these three hundred dollar off uh, offer codes, and so now uh, supposedly that code is good not just to the end of the week, but until the end of the month. So, so you have time to scrounge up money. You have time to mow lawns and sell lemonade <sighs> to yeah, make this thing happen. Basically. <sighs> Come swim in the tempting. pool in my backyard. It's like that episode of The Simpsons. Yes. I'll just charge people to come hang out in my backyard and see how much I can yeah. make off of that. Um, but what, but what, what uh, I think, I, what I think I am going to do is that if I, it's likely that I'm not going to take up on this offer, and I, I think you can don't actually, do it yet. yeah, I, I, I know that that's 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 what my head says to do. My heart might do something foolish, but um, if there's if there are people out there who like really, really want to get a Pixel 3 for $500 for $300 off, I I don't know. I think you can actually give it to other people. 
So I might just like on an upcoming show, just say anybody who tweets to me and won't even necessarily be like the first the first caller to come in. It'll be like I'll just if you if I happen to check this on like Tuesday on Wednesday at eleven fifty two p.m. and whatever I happen yeah. to see, right? But it, <laughs> it, it would be a shame to let this go to waste. Because it's at the very least, uh, some somebody should stick it to Google for making me have to worry and wonder about this temptation. Because once again, I'm doing that. Andy, we we have five hundred dollars. We're we're going to make another five hundred dollars very quickly too. Why why aren't we just buying this? Yeah. So yesterday I received, since we're talking about um, sales here, but but hold on because I have to apparently scroll down my entire like promotions inbox. You would not believe the amount of promotions I get. Like, oi, oi, oi. I also have a code. Uh, Maybe, Andy, we can auction ours off at the same time. (laughs) Give it to somebody who did not already spend $1,400 on the Pixel 3 after repairs and everything else. Um, there's also the Google Nest Hub is on sale for $79, so that's $50 off. Um, the Mini is $25, and if I recall correctly, they are also doing a little bundle with um, smart lights. Mm-hmm. So maybe you have a parent who has been interested in getting into automated lighting. Um, you can also use a student discount for anybody who's going off to college. I think it's like 10%, which is better than nothing. That basically saves on tax in most states. Um, I guess at this point, I'm just going to have to switch my my buying over to the springtime. That's what I used to do back in the day because my parents for my 16th birthday transferred over the... We used to have a a shared like cell phone that was the phone my brother or I took when we like went to the mall or whatever. (laughs) And so my parents officially transferred it over to me when I turned 16 because I got my own phone. Woo. Uh, That was a really big deal back then in 2002. And um, because of that, Verizon used to give me a free phone every year around (laughs) my birthday. So I think I'm going to have to go back to that and getting myself I'm just going to wait and um, I'll save my birthday earnings, so to speak, and then drop it on whatever is the new Google phone. This probably is also – this is probably what we should start doing anyway just because there are there are issues with these things that crop up that people start to kind of talk about in forums and such. And you usually don't find out about that stuff until months after – yeah. The device is launched. I mean, look, an initial review can be great. I get it. Like, it's it's a fancy new object. You want to go out and buy it and be the first. But this is my third Pixel that I bought right around the update mark. And um, I hate to say it, but it wasn't worth it because the Pixel 2 is just fine. Yeah. So learn, learn from me and Andy and um, just wait. <laughs> Yeah, just See, wait. This, this, this is this is where I'm going to get it in the neck because I, I'm I can I'm sure I can wait until November to see if there's a sale. I'm prob what I probably should do, given the uh, Google's track history, is wait until January or February, where there is the silent revision B hardware release 
that you'd have to take it way only only I fix it would be able to tell you that oh we decided to to take it apart see oh and look that that connector that we talked about when we tore down the first one that said it would almost certainly cause display problems it looks like they've moved that to a new location it's a new board so yeah never I know that you're not I keep telling people never buy the first release of any new newly designed piece of hardware. Uh, but I almost I, I always fall back on the but I'm a journalist. I should be I do the same pe- thing. Yep. Also, just a couple other I just want since we got sales going on here, why not? Let's empower, let's empower the world. Save 30 bucks on a Google Home, save $15 on a two-pack of Chromecast. So it's $55 for two. Um mm. if you need to upgrade ones you have in your house. It's $31 for the smart light starter kit with the Google Home Mini, and that comes with the GE. Let's not also forget the $50 on the Google Home Max, which brings us down to $250 for those who maybe want to complete the uh, stereo system sound. And a bunch of Nest stuff is on sale, too. So I'm amazed that the Google Smart Display, or now it's it's the Nest Smart Display. Yeah, it's okay. It's it's practically, (laughs) uh, it's it's started off at, what, $150, and now then the normal price got knocked down to $99, and now it's easy to get it for $65, $69. Which is seems like almost nothing. I'm, I, I'm, I, I, I kind of feel as though I should get one. I have a Lenovo smart display that is in the kitchen. It, it doesn't get used all the time, but when it does get used, I get, I use the hell out of it. But it's like for sixty nine bucks, I could, I, maybe I should have one in the living room just so I could have like touch commands for Chromecast or whatever. Uh, yeah, actually, it's really helpful for that. Um, definitely don't buy the Lenovo. Alarm clock. <laughs> it's yes, a little more limited. <laughs> We're a little more limited in that. It's definitely made to be an alarm clock. I mean, good for Google. I'm glad that they're having a sale. This, I'm sure, will excite anybody who's been waiting for things for things to kind of go down in price. Um, I just... <sighs> I'm never spending $1,400 on a <laughs> smartphone ever again. Yeah. I feel for you. I'm sorry. This is why I took this job so that I wouldn't have to pay full price for these things. As long as I wrote about them, come on now. I'm not. And you feel as though it reflects poorly on you. If yes, I because you were the dunce who made yeah bought this thing that was way too expensive and didn't work right. And I didn't heed my own advice. Yeah, I have to. the, The times I have to like swallow my pride and say. I'm an unhappy consumer. Don't do. I know I said there was a really good phone. It really when it I was working. I have a hole working, in my heart. Okay, it was good. And the only yeah. thing that can fill it are material possessions. <laughs> it's well, the American a, way. Shall we fund more material possessions with yeah, some material should. ads? We Excellent. should. That's great. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. And you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and a node location. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers, and they're all looked at by their incredible 24-7 support team. If you ever run into any problems, just drop them an email, give them a call, or chat over IRC in the Linode community if that's easier for you. Whatever suits you best. Oh, and they have some super useful guides and support documentation. So if you just need to quickly look something up, you can. Their new management panel is now in beta at cloud.linode.com. And this new management console is a single page application build using the cutting edge React.js stack and is backed entirely by Linode's public API. And it's open source. Plus, they feature two-factor authentication to keep you and your data safe and secure. 
Linode has pricing options to suit everyone. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigs of RAM. And Linode has a special offer for you. As a listener of the show, you can go to linode.com slash material and use promo code material2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gig of RAM plan, that's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you'll have nothing to lose. So give Linode a try today. That's linode.com slash material and promo code material2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of the Material Podcast and all of Relay FM. Okay, uh, great news if you're a fan of uh, having your data stolen from you through skullduggery by apps. Uh, it's great news because a, uh, a, a committee who was looking into privacy of apps on the Google Play Store uh, has discovered uh, over a thousand Android apps that have figured out ways to get around uh, Google and Android's uh, app permissions to get your location and get other pieces of data, uh, even though it doesn't, you have not given it permission to do so. Uh, the, uh, the actually the American government, uh, the FTC, uh, had a privacy conference a couple of weeks ago, and so that's where this paper was uh, released. Researchers examined eighty-eight thousand apps from the Google Play Store to see how leaky some of these apps are. Uh, and of those 88,000 apps that they took a look at, they discovered that over that 1,325 of them uh, were able to figure out device location despite not having permission to access location. And they were doing things like uh, using the combining little tiny pieces of information like, okay, here's the uh, device identifier of the phone. Here's the MAC address of the Wi-Fi access point that it's connecting to. Uh, it was even doing things like, let's take a look at pictures and see if they're geotagged anywhere. And wow, there are a lot of them recently that have been geotagged in this location, so we must be in this house right now. Uh, there, uh, other apps were kind of exploiting. I don't know if it was a, a security vulnerability or just a, a loophole in Android where um, it was able to sort of like piggyback off of apps that had uh, uh, location data by uh, if, if you'd given location permission to a certain app and it was like storing data in uh, SD card storage somehow that other app was able to look through that SD storage to look for, well, we know that the Facebook app has access to permission or, that, or the, the, this Google Fit app has access to location. Let's see if they drop, ah, look, they deposited a file showing exactly where this person is. So they're, again, they're looking for ways to get access, even though the user has explicitly told this app, no, I don't want you to have access to location, which is absolute jerk uh, bastard uh, behavior um and uh, so a lot of these holes are gonna be uh, patched or excuse me closed off let's say uh, with the next edition of android uh, but it does show how bad this stuff can be uh the um uh, in terms of that uh, that uh, vulnerability in sd card storage it was just here's here's the scope of the problem it was just 13 apps but these apps had a total of 17 million installs uh, and most of them were built with uh, SDKs that were created by uh, the Chinese search engine Baidu and included the Hong Kong Disneyland app 
and Samsung's own browser and health apps. Mm-hmm. That's which I use with yeah. my Galaxy Active, by the way. Yeah, that's 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 bad. Um, so uh, the good news is that these were like good people researchers. They passed on their findings to Google uh, beginning in September of 2018. Uh, as we said, Android Q will kill uh, a lot of these vulnerabilities. Uh, Android Q is going to be hiding location information in photos from apps. So you can't look at a photo and get the geolocation from the app if you're a different app. Uh, and also any app now that uh, has access to Wi-Fi now must also have access to permission to location data because uh, Google is acknowledging that if you know where this physically installed Wi-Fi router is, you can suss out where the phone is. And mm. uh, figuring uh, tying a MAC address to a physical location, there are companies with databases like that. You just have to ask, subscribe to, uh, subscribe to that database, and you can figure that out uh, immediately. Um, and uh, there's also uh, uh, CNET uh, expanded on this a little bit, saying that. Uh, they found that uh, Shutterfly, which I, I used to use for like getting digital prints from photos, yep. uh, again they had been ga- just whenever you send it photos or get, you get to look at photos, it was just gathering up your GPS coordinates and sending sending that data to its own servers, even when the users had before declined the app permission to access location data, which is again pretty scummy. There's I, I, I can I can understand that it is the way of the world that if you don't explicitly forbid somebody from doing something that is against your best interests but is uh, very profitable for them, they're probably going to do that. The problem is that when there is a mechanism in place that I can explicitly say, no, I don't want you to have my location data, that the app can see, okay, the user has decided that I am not to have location data. That means I'm going to have to figure out the location via some other means. That is jerk bastard behavior. And that's that. that is the sort of violation of trust that for me is hard for an app or a service or anything like that to recover from. Was Google able to scan these apps for what it was doing? Because Google on its part has been making a lot of progress in introducing um, helpful software solutions to ensure that apps aren't going haywire, whether that means being very transparent about permissions or how they have, you know, um, the background vetting that happens in the Play Store. But I guess this is stuff that if it flew under the radar, there's there is no way that they could have tracked it without it being explicitly brought to their attention. But I I feel like Google will rectify this. I think it's more it's more frustrating to look at this from a why is this being done in the first place? Like why I don't know. I guess I can understand like why the the Chinese, the Hong Kong Disneyland app would want location access, right? Because that's how it works inside the theme park. But after you left, it's 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 weird, but it doesn't it doesn't even matter if it makes sense for uh, the Disneyland app to have uh, location information. Right. If you've told it, I don't want you to have it, then it it's, should absolutely yeah. obey that. Um, and there's only 153 apps that were circum- circumventing the SD card uh, access stuff. 
again, including uh, Samsung's health and browser apps. But it's again, it's it's even worse when you have a large company that is probably going to deal with this by sending out a press release saying we are focused on satisfying our users, our customers. Our customers are number one priority above all else. And we find that our customers whom we love like and benefit from our harvesting as much personal information from them as possible and selling it to manufacturers of sketchy medical devices. Yeah, because it means it means that there were developers on the Baidu and Samsung app uh, teams, for instance, who were instructed to find this backdoor effectively. Yeah. I mean, how, how else are you supposed to find? And I, I, I am not in this realm. I don't work in this world, but I have a lot of friends who do work in the world of like consulting and, you know, like, um, installing apps for companies. And I understand like how things can, can kind of be, uh, how malleable things are in the software world um, if you just put a little bit of time into it. And so it's really poor form on behalf of a big company like Samsung. And um, isn't Baidu is a major media company in China. Yeah. What is this? And what does this mean? I mean, this is, this is going to create, this could create some, quite some friction between I mean, we already see mobile, the world of mobile becoming very political. And I just, I hear this and I think, oh boy, that's not, that's not good. Well, that's yeah. gonna... it's, I mean, it, it doesn't help the situation. Yeah, with someone's Chinese gonna tech. use that. However, <laughs> however the, the, it's the, the sad fact is that it, what Baidu is sort of like, is practically a Google level company, uh, particularly yeah. when it's inside China. And they weren't doing anything that other companies weren't doing, that American companies, that other international companies weren't doing. But the the fact that this is how things work uh, is pretty galling. Um, There was an essay written, I'm sorry that uh, I don't remember uh, the author off the top of my head, but talking about a similar sort of bad actor uh, in a a tech corporate environment uh, of an app misbehaving, saying that what in teams like this at big companies, they're they're not so much driven by morality so much as precedent that it's very, very hard to stand up and saying, well, that would be absolutely wrong. It would be so wrong for us to, to notice that we have been denied permission to access location, but we're going to determine the user's location anyway. That in a corporate setting is very is a very, very hard argument to make. But the natural gravity of, uh, of this environment is to say, well, um, I mean, before we've done this and before this other app has done something similar uh, and that has powered like a feature that absolutely everybody really, really likes. And remember, before this API was even available, we had to determine it this way. It's a way of sort of, you know, weaseling your way into saying that I'm I'm going to acknowledge that this is wrong, but also sort of not force myself to have have the courage to say this is something we should absolutely not do. I also want to bring up the fact that um, whenever I'm hanging around my friends, whom I love dearly, um, I always hear a lot of chatter about not minding how much of their information is being used 
And I think about things like this, and I realize that although, Andy, you and I might be really just, you know, huffing and puffing about this, that maybe there's a lot of people out there who are just like, eh, they knew where I was going anyway. You know what I mean? It's like I'm having a hard time expressing to people why this is this is really perilous outside of our circle. Because in our circle, we see it as, you know, um, a company um, that we can no longer, that kind of went against our trust. You know, we think of it as like, hey, consumers, this company is doing this with your data. But at this point, like, are consumers really that irked about it? Or is it just those of us in a bubble who kind of see what's going on and and I don't know. I'm that's why I'm kind yeah. of like I want to freak out about it, but I'm also whenever I mention this to like anybody who is not in our bubble, they're like, "Well, they know everything about me anyway." Yeah. That I mean that's that's absolutely true and I I've, I've used a version of that argument myself basically basically saying that uh, usually when, when, uh, I sense myself about to be sucked into like an Apple versus Google privacy, holy mm-hmm. war. And I'm, I feel the need to say that Apple is, it should be lauded for sincerely, uh, and authoritatively, uh, collecting as little information as it possibly can to deliver good features and good software. However, they seem to be perfectly fine with other apps on the device collecting information. They're not doing anything to protect the the Safari browser from collecting inform- from uh, websites mm. from collecting information. And really, if I'm uh, I'm less afraid of Google abusing this information than the random website that I get my news from uh, to uh, to abuse information. Uh, and so I, I do I do oftentimes say that if you really are so upset about data collection that you refuse to use the Chrome browser, you refuse to use Google products, uh, again, I, I, I don't think that's an irrational uh, or uh, or extremist sort of position, but Please tell me what ad blockers you're using, uh, both on your computers and on your routers, to make sure that other that the ten times volume of data <laughs> that that is being collected just simply through your Safari beautiful Apple uh, browser uh, isn't being slurped up as well. So it's and uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm sure there's an I'm sure there's an allegory uh, of like other things, other tidal changes in how. Uh, uh, society has changed where people of a certain generation who can't imagine a world where like your food is not like being farmed within like 20 miles of where you buy it from and saying you're so you're okay with the idea of these apples having been picked halfway across the world nine months ago and st- put in cold storage being sold to you as fresh fruit and i'm i grew up <laughs> in that world and i'm like yeah Okay, it tastes like an apple. It's fine. So it there it it's possible for us to be both truly losing something valuable, i.e., our privacy. But nonetheless, this is this is an issue that society has decided to give a pass on because they like to be able to buy fresh fruit out of season, or they just don't mm-hmm. care about it anymore. Hmm. That was a good. That was a good analogy, actually, there, Andy. Well, I am a communications professional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Time for another ad, you think? Yes. 
This episode is brought to you by our brilliant friends over at Pingdom. Pingdom is brilliant because they help keep your sites and the sites you love online. Pingdom monitors your site so you don't have to and gives you real-time feedback so you know exactly what's going on at all times. The internet is awesome, but stuff does break all the time. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages a day. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company, you need alerts about any critical website issues. They'll let you customize how you are alerted depending on the severity of an outage. Plus, they'll track and analyze your website's load time so you can see what's affecting the user experience. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. And Pingdom has a no-fuss approach to getting started. All they need is the URL you want to monitor, and they will take care of the rest. So go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use our code MATERIAL, which is the name of this podcast, at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of the Material Podcast and the RelayFM network. Well, we had a, it's, don't you, it's really, really rare when a, like a, someone at a really big tech company like Google, who's responsible for something really, really important like Google Photos, without it being like this PR, like stunt, just simply says, hi, I'm bored. (laughs) I'm on Twitter. Uh, Tell me like what you'd like to see in Google Photos. I would like to say this is, by the way, vintage Google So before Google became this giant powerhouse, it was just a search engine with a little mobile operating system (laughs) that uh, we adopted because none of us, well, I didn't want anything to do with Apple (laughs) at that time, even though I wrote about them for a living. Um, And I remember that this was a lot more commonplace. Like you would just see Google execs like just chitting and chatting on Twitter and on social media. Like it was no big deal. And now Google's so much it's so much different um, because of how big it's become. And I mean, it makes sense why you would want to be a little more controlled. But at the same time, I love it when this happens because this reminds me of why this reminds me of why I've loved Google and why I have so much respect for the people who work there because because it really is just a bunch of people who love what they're doing for a living who just want to like make their products better and you can't yeah. I mean I want to make my writing better for people and yeah. my stories better so it's the same Pe- thing people who aren't afraid to get feedback directly from users without a filter uh, so this is a Google Photos product lead David Lieb uh, last week uh, he just started it open again practically exactly what I was saying the July <laughs> you know here's here's what the here's the the actual tweet that kicked this off hi twitter it's no meetings week at google photos and i've got a couple hours free tell me what you want to see next from google photos new features bug fixes feature performance improvements you name it no promises but very open minds as he's drinking a radler he's just enjoying his lemonade beer uh, mix <laughs> and just waiting for the replies to fly in very typical fourth of july scene yeah, exactly. So it's like, hey, I can be. I, I I need. I'm supposed to be in the office today, but there's no. But I can be like goofing off on Twitter and still earning my money. Hey, this is research. This is market research. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, he, and he actually stayed on mu- uh, much longer than a couple of hours. Uh, the entire thread is worth reading, and uh, it's linked to here. Uh, if you, uh, it's linked on the show notes. Uh, if you don't want to read the whole thing, Forbes uh, did a, a compiled a nice list of highlights. Uh, and so, here are some of the features that 
uh, that uh, David uh, mentioned are either absolutely coming or very, very much at the forefront of their minds, meaning whatever, whatever comments seem to be more than, that's a great idea, and I'm glad that you mentioned it, which is, oh my God, he <laughs> he wants all the round buttons to be square and turn into triangles. Uh, so uh, so uh, searching recently added photos on mobile, that's something that I've wanted. Uh, the ability to tag faces manually, like suppose it's supposed to be able to automatically detect faces. Sometimes it doesn't. And wouldn't it be nice to be able to say, I know this, I, I promise, I promise you, this is my Uncle Earl. And I really, really want to be able to find this in my search for pictures of my uncle Earl. Um, another one that I'm surprised every time I every time I try to do this in Google Photos, I'm surprised and new that it doesn't already do. Search for images that contain text that uh, just as as like a search tag. Mm. Um, someone also some esoteric but really really uh, useful features like. Uh, so there, you know that you get free unlimited uploading uh, without you know no charge, but they will like recompress it so you don't get them in the in original quality. Uh, so, but what if like then I buy like a better plan, a better data, a better storage plan? I would like to be able to re-upload my photos in original quality so that now I've just I don't I'm not stuck with like my cheapskate version of these JPEGs. That's not, that's another good thing. Um, something that's that's really really weird you can't like when i'm looking at like a collected photo album i can't delete photos from like my photo feed uh, directly from the album i can delete it from the album but the photo is still there uh so these are all things that uh, he said that are, are are pretty good ideas um he there's some hints at possible improvements meaning things that he he responded to not by saying oh yes we're definitely looking at this and we're definitely it's definitely coming like later this year we just don't know when but uh, things like again things that seem obvious like uh the, the i've got a lot of pictures in my google photos which are of i'm <laughs> i was taking a bunch of pictures and i accidentally like nudged the shutter button so it's like just a blurry picture of the ground I wish that Google Photos could detect that this is just a blurry accidental picture of the ground and maybe flag those for deletion. That would be very, very nice. Um, the uh, Another thing that was particularly mentioned was um, be able to, like uh, oftentimes like there'll be uh, stuff I encounter on the web that is like, oh, well, look, here's like what, uh, here's what a shipping label uh, for baseball gloves in 1903 looked like. And I don't necessarily need for that to be, or or or, or uh, the number of times where I was like in a library during research and I took pictures of like every page from a book so I could get at it later. I would like to not to be able to scroll from my Fourth of July photos to my beach photos from two weeks before that without having to scroll through two hundred pictures of this. Or old the Sailor newspaper. Moon cards that I need to complete <laughs> the sets for the Pokemon cards that I have duplicates for that I keep meaning yep. to put on eBay. Uh huh. So and so they're asking, wouldn't it be nice to be able to sort of like archive them sort of like put it in a folder that doesn't appear in the feed without deleting them so if i do a search for sailor moon cards they will be surfaced but they won't appear in the scroll uh, and that uh, and of course uh, i'm sure that some of you are way ahead of us on, on these items there were a couple of things that fe really cool features that google demoed at google ios like maybe Only even two, two or three people years mentioned ago. fences i'm sorry yes. i jumped ahead because i did i just did control f and i looked for fences and only two people mentioned the fence removal 
That was the first thing I thought See, the, the, when but, but this news like item the, showed up. That was like the coolest demo. That if if you if you remember if you've forgotten what this is, this is where oh look, I've taken a picture of like my daughter like batting uh, on her on her baseball team, but I'm standing behind the chain link fence. So click a button, the chain link fence has gone, and now it's just a picture of my beautiful daughter, uh, uh, <laughs> my lovely daughter doing uh, playing baseball. That. You should have like at least like show us a new version. It's I'm I feel as though they should have like had something out by now, or at least say that yeah we decided that it doesn't it worked for that it worked for that kind of situation, but only if if it gets overcast, no way. Just tell know. me what's happening. I just want to know. I just want to know that this wasn't complete vaporwave vaporware. Yeah. Excuse me, because <laughs> I have vaporwave on the mind. <laughs> Vaporwave is the music style and the art style. Anyway. What's what's it like? I'm too I guess I'm too old to know what vaporwave is. No, it's super it's super internet culture. It's um it's basically the neon aesthetic of like the late 80s, early 90s, like the you know the mall colors that you like the teals and the pinks and the purples. Yeah. And so whenever I say vapor whenever I think vaporware, I accidentally say vaporwave now because yeah. anyway. <laughs> Slight digression. No, no, nope, nope, nope. That's fine. They they also remember that Google also promised us uh, automatically colorizing black and white photos, which seemed like at the time like I have a lot of the uh, opposite. I have a lot of black and whiting of colorized photos that I get from yeah. the Auto Awesome. <laughs> Didn't ask for that. Um, well, I haven't again, been into black and white photography since. Well, basically, since I was in my early 20s, and that's because my mood really called for it. But these days, I'm fine <laughs> in just like a nice faded color, something a little Fuji-like with some Fuji colors, you know, that looks kind of like realistic, but highly contrasted. Mm. <laughs> so it's so like I I, uh, I didn't find out about this thread was uh, like around the 4th of July. Uh, so I didn't I actually didn't find out about it until much later. And I actually I did jump back on the thread. I just found out about it yeah. when you sent the notes today. And it's because <laughs> on July 2nd, I was working my butt off yeah. <laughs> to try and get all my work done so I could go to my best friend's wedding July 3rd. Uh, <laughs> and then I was driving through mountains on July 3rd. So I had no service to really be able to scroll on Twitter, not to mention that I am the kind of person that gets very nauseous in the car when she reads. So I basically have to look outside and talk or sleep. Can I, can I give you and our listeners a tip? Sure. Uh, candied ginger. Yeah, I, I had ginger tea. I was like okay. drinking a lot of ginger tea because that's like my favorite way to ingest it. But, you know, ever since I was a kid, like put me in a car and I'm either sleeping or the other thing. <laughs> Ugh. Well, so um, anyway. but is there the so the uh, is there anything that you could you could think of that you would have wished that you could have suggested or this, something that you want to see in Google Photos? I'm really proud of everybody, by the way, for putting in their opinions. I went and I was scrolling through really quickly and I noticed like uh, I noticed a lot of tech journalists weighed in, which thank you. <laughs> um, I think with. I can't think off of I can't think anything off of the top of my head, but one thing I really definitely did agree with was sometimes the auto awesome is a little overly awesome, like it'll <laughs> overly contrast something or it'll overly overly uh, brighten something, and I and I just don't need that. I, I really don't. I don't need those alerts in the middle of the day. Um, I also 
like you, Andy, wish that Google Photos was a little bit better about categorizing the things I take photos of because it is my gallery app on Android and and on Chrome OS effectively. And in there I have, I have memes. I, you know, I have a folder of memes. Um, I have screenshots I've taken of like quotes on the internet that I like want to keep, you know, like these are all things that I want to, I want to keep in my little digital library the same way that I would have archived them on my Windows PC back in the day. Because if you go into my documents now, you'll see I have a memes folder and I have a screenshots folder and I have like, and I would like to have that kind of organization in Google Photos happen a lot, uh, a lot more easily. And, but other than that, like the sharing features, I'm very happy with. Yeah. I mean, immediately when I was in Oregon, after we took pictures, berry picking, um, because that's what we did. You can pick your own berries. You can pick your own fruit in Oregon, by the way. This is like absolutely commonplace. So definitely go do it if you can. It's very affordable. Um, the Google Photos app immediately said, would you like to share these pictures with the three friends that you are with right now, yeah. who you've previously shared photos with before and we know are your friends? So, oh, also I would like for it, I just thought about this, but I would like for it to distinguish between cats because there are there are currently three orange cats in my life. Excuse me. There are two orange cats in my life, one who has passed. May he rest in peace. Uh, he is buried in the backyard. And, you know, those are not all the same cat. And I wish that the algorithm, for as much as it you can tell it can read faces – Mm-hmm. The other day I had to teach it that my friend and her sister were two different people, for instance. So I know that it's reading faces very carefully. I wish I could do the same for animals just a little bit better because some animals have scars. Some animals have like light stripes, like some, you know what I mean? There's differentiation between different colored eyes, different color, like different size noses. Th- those exist. You'd think that just the the fact that they have unique patterns of fur would make it kind of I don't. I don't think it would ever be easy, but it, less hard than one might imagine to do, like a feline or mm-hmm. or canine facial recognition. Yeah. Well, and also because, look, I'm a sensitive person, and when I'm trying to look up a picture of a cat, and you are bringing me someone that I lost uh, <laughs> near only two years ago, it makes me sad, and I don't want like I you know Google Photos yeah. like let give me. I have a boundary right now that I need you to. You know, I I think that was actually a suggestion that was left saying that. I, 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 saw I, don't, that, yeah. I don't I I don't know if they even explicitly referred to like friends and family who have passed, but saying uh, oh. it would be nice if I could like specify that this person could you sort of like again don't delete anything but just yeah. make sure that they don't just randomly pop up can you up come in back to me in like 5 to 7 years exactly. after i've like had time to really process like what's happened I, because because now i look through google photos after last summer if y- y'all remember i was doing my big archival of my uh digital media you know and so all my high school photos are in there and um it's it, before it used to be like, I don't want to see these, you know, I don't want to see this person or this person from college that I had a really bad falling out with. But I wish that I could put in those little parameters of just like emotionally, like I'm at a seven about this person. And <laughs> can you check with me in five years? Like when I get to like a three or a two where it's like, I'll remember the memory, but it's not hurtful. They should, they should, they should <laughs> literally call this. 
I'm going to put Debbie in timeout for, let's say, six months or don't or don't automatically just in six months. Ask me if you if I want to give Debbie another six month timeout. <laughs> so this is going to I'm going to get real real for a second here. Um, when I was 15, I got very mad at my friend for doing something horrible. Hmm. What was considered horrible at 15 years of age. And my mother came into my room and she she saw that I had all these ripped photos on the floor and I had effectively cut her out of <laughs> every photo because I was an emotional hormonal teenager and I needed to I needed to deal with these feelings. So I did what anybody else would do at that time, which is cut her out of all my photos. And I remember my mom telling me, like, don't do that. Like, you may not like this person right now, but you're going to regret that when you don't have that photo later. And audience, I did regret it because, you know, photos are kind of the only thing that we have as humans. Photos and videos are all that we have to really hold on to life, um, the life that we've lived. And for me, I I am just such an archivist of my life that it's very important for yeah. me to have all those things because – Eventually, like, I want to be able to share that history with other people and, like, have that history be passed down. And we're not sitting around a fire telling stories anymore. So all we have are photos. So don't cut off photos. Yeah. Google Photos. Let me be able to put people on timeout as I need. Um, and maybe pets that are deceased that I need some time because I'm still dealing with it. You know? So these these would be my requests, just, which seem to be very psychological things. <laughs> Google hire me. I don't yes. have a psych degree, but I've done a lot of therapy. <laughs> so <laughs> I know a thing or two. <laughs> uh, well, there, there, there are a bunch of uh, ideas that I agreed with. There was months of the, I had some suggestions I didn't post that were like, that seemed to make sense. The only mm -hmm. thing that was kind of like out there that I don't think anybody had thought of uh, was I, I wish the Google Assistant had the ability to find me a better version of an image that I've given it. Mm. So that, for instance, as again, a lot of the stuff that I put into Google Photos is like I'm on the web, I'm doing research or whatever, or I'm just having fun. Uh, there's a uh, there's a uh, really great uh, subreddit called, I think it's called Art Porn, which is just all about like just gorgeous works of art. And oftentimes there's a folder on my drive that's just nothing but like really beautiful, like, pieces of art that I've not seen before, but I wanted to remember. It's your so, own personal Pinterest. Exactly. Only, only no one's monetizing it mm -hmm. uh, on my behalf. So I, I've, and the number of times where I've like the, like, let's say I download a, a, a copy of like Manet's uh, Olympia, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, which is, I read a book about uh, the model who posed for Olympia. And so now I'm sort of like got that on my mind. So if I like now upload like an 800 pixel wide version of it, it can it should be able to recognize that oh i know this this is a very very famous painting uh, nude by uh, by manet ooh it's only 800 pixels wide you know that there's a 4000 pixel wide version from the uh, from from the actual museum that owns it and i'd love the the assistant to pop to my open google photos saying that we have upgraded <laughs> here here's a 4000 pixel wide much much better version of this mm. piece of artwork that you that you added to Google Photos would you like to add a add this to Google Photos or replace the mm -hmm. bad version of it with this and you think about it's not you know, not everything is 
freely available for Google to like grab a copy of. But the time like subway maps, uh, hiking maps, a lot of pieces of data where I'm they sure that all they could that find art it. showing on the Chromecast screensavers, yeah. though. Come on. It's it's in the archives. Offer it to us. Yeah. Creative Commons. It's fine. Yes. The, 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 like the, just to button this up, though, the, it all this conversation really made me think of how successful Google Photos yes. really is. That it really is an environment for visual stuff that we think that that the user thinks is important. That I've never really appreciated that before. I started like thinking about look, reading the story and, and thinking about it because I've uh, I've had photos uh, on my iPhone and my iPad. But it's just like a folder and a viewer for photos. It hasn't been this place where discovery happens and uh, where you manipulation can search. Happens. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, I have a, I have a memory. Oh, a memory just popped up in my mind, and I want to yep. go back in the day. You had to go through your mom's photo albums if she had updated them, um, <laughs> and try and find the memory. And these days, all I do is I just pop open Google Photos and type in. Usually I'll go by location and then I'll try and find the time that it happened. Uh, it's also worth noting Google Photos, because it's cross-platform, my gosh, has it really blown up? I mean, everybody knows about it. iPhone users, Android users. Like if you're if you've got a Google email, you've got a photos account. So well, especially it makes it really, really easy for like family members to have mm-hmm. like a collective because I don't have to. Oh, uh, oh, I don't have that app. What kind of phone do you have? Oh, I don't have that kind of phone. This is definitely an area where you want a multi-platform approach to archiving unless you want to buy all of your aunts and siblings and grandparents <laughs> phones that match your phone. I don't. Andy think and I don't have enough codes for you all. So yes, exactly. Please. <laughs> Before before we go away, uh, something that I've this is not specifically uh, Google related, but it's definitely timely given that this mm. is the summer. Uh, mm. iFixit has posted something that I keep trying to tell people, and they do it in a much better way. Uh, under a headline, your phone is never waterproof, no matter what the manufacturer says. says. And here's a quote from this uh, article they posted on iFixit. Quote, should you assume your IP68 phone will survive a dunk in the pool, the ocean, or, let's be honest, the toilet? No, you should not. And so I always get a little skeeved out when I see pictures of, like, pictures on Instagram of my, my friends who clearly... Oh, they 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 took the the IP68 rating of their iPhone or whatever to heart because this was clearly a picture taken underwater, and like, okay, I'm I'm hope that things worked out well, but I kind of wish you'd had a, a sixty sixty eight dollar cheap like GoPro knockoff camera <laughs> instead for your underwater pictures. The uh, the the point that that uh, iFixit makes so clearly here is that. This, uh, if even if it says specifically this is this phone is rated IP68, that was definitely true when it was put in the box and shrink wrapped and shipped to you. Uh-huh. However, in the meantime, you, you it's the the it's either uh, waterproof because of adhesives or mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. a handful of phones like the iPhone that are actually gasketed. But even if it's gasketed, those things like age and they sort of break down over time. And if you drop the phone and a couple of times, and of course it doesn't break anything, but it might have caused a crack somewhere uh, or a little gap somewhere in that quote, waterproofing unquote. 
And now that when you when you do decide that, hey, I'm going to like I've got my my uh, my spouse and I are taking our baby to like baby and me water class and I'm going to spend 20 minutes holding my phone underwater, taking underwater photos. That's probably when you're going to discover that your two year old iPhone is no longer as waterproof as it was on the first day you created it. And they also make the point that it's not just water, like if water gets in and it dries out, maybe you'll be okay. Assuming, yeah, exactly. Uh, But they're saying that water has stuff in it. (laughs) It has like minerals and metals in it. And sometimes it has salt in it. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, Chlorine and these things like cause corrosion. And it doesn't have to cause the entire corrosion, the entire device to look like the antikythera mechanism. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can just, if it just like gets one lead, one trace on the board to fail, the entire thing is going to fail. So please, 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 please take the, when you can, when you uh, take the waterproof rating of your phone, that means that if you drop it in water or if you get caught in the rain, you don't have to simply start cursing the wind and figure out where you're going to find money for a new phone that maybe it will probably be okay. If you try to treat it like an underwater camera or an underwater phone, you are probably going to be very, very unhappy. Um, I, I never take my phone directly into the water and I like to do stand up paddle boarding. Um, but because I usually go stand up paddle boarding alone, I have to bring my phone with me because I, you know, want to be able to call for help if I'm stuck in the bay, which, by the way, happened to me last year. But uh, that's a story for another day. (laughs) But I was able to get rescued because I had um, one of those seven dollar like waterproof pouches and you just wear it around your neck and just kind of keep if the phone falls into the water, you're protected for like a a split second. You know what I mean? Um, I trudged through the mud in that thing and it still like kept the pixel too, which was not waterproof. Um, perfectly fine. Also, Andy, have you ever seen all dogs go to heaven? Uh, Burt Reynolds and Dom Dolby's. I have not seen it. I know it was directed by Don Bluth on that basis. Wow. Okay. That movie. Well, it was quintessential to my childhood and my love of German shepherds. But in that movie, there's a scene and I always imagine like this is what happens to a phone when it goes down to the water um, because, okay, this is going too much into the plot, but there's a scene that people will know with a um, a pocket watch and it falls to the bottom of like the Louisiana swamp and fills up with water and then it's bad. Uh, and that's what I imagine happens mm. to smartphones is you have like a very brief time. The phone is going to last in the water. But as soon as it's past that point, it's all going to come gushing in and just like ruin it. So yeah, TLDR, buy an OtterBox case. We, ta- we, we <laughs> talked a couple of weeks ago about how I accidentally dropped my, dropped my Pixel right. 1 phone in like a ice chest with melted ice water in it. But I I was I did not say, you know what, I'm going to sit and reflect upon the advance of this and take it was like no, just oh like holy crap. Dive my jab my my hand in, grab it out again, and it was fine. Uh, but uh, the I, 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 will, I will share before we, they I fix it also has tips for what happens if you do get mm-hmm. your phone wet. But uh, we just I couldn't help I can't help but but say that we're, since we're talking about like paddle boarding and stuff like that, um, I I have a food sealer like a, a, a vacuum sealer oh. like in my kitchen, 
for fracture that I use for like freezing food. And mm-hmm. whenever I like, uh, I have a beach that's near the, that's near the house. Whenever I'm going to spend the day at the beach in any circumstance, I will fully charge my phone and then I will drop it in a food sealer bag. I will vacuum seal it, and then it is absolutely waterproof. And off, and the touchscreen works through the plastic. It works just fine. It's amazing. Uh, and uh, of course, I can't. You can't get it out without cutting open the bag. But that's fine. It'll work. You don't for an want it out day. at the beach because the beach is sandy, and that's going to ruin the camera right, lens. Right. Exactly. And there's exactly. like crabs, and you- I have. I have I have at least once uh, actually sealed it in the bag with a phone charger attached, <laughs> so that so it's not it's not quite exactly with a USB plugged plugged in a, a small like uh, maybe thousand milliamp hour uh, battery into it Ooh. enough to like recharge the phone once it's all all plugged in uh, and then set it up so that the charger is on one side. Of uh, that are, uh, is like a, there's like three inches or something between the charger that's plugged into the phone and the phone, so that after I seal it, I can sort of like fold the bag in half. Andy, this is genius. You should sell this as a story. Make some money off of it. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we're freelancers. That's exactly. Where there's where a, goes. there's there is no pleasure or pain that cannot be monetized by Precisely. coming up with 800 words on it. So de- so definitely keep that in your in your hip pocket. But if that if that does fail, uh, I fix it. Uh, says that rice does not work. Uh, now, I I once was on national television on the CBS Morning Show because I tested five or six like I was myth busting like uh, common suggestions on how to like save phones that had been like submerged, and rice was actually and it was wonderful. I actually talked. Uh, I think it was. T-Mobile or whatever, some carrier into actually giving me six phones identical that the same, but, and the, the pitch was like, uh, you will not get any of them back. They will all be just, dist- even if like, it's not destroyed, you will not want these back, but they were all, all you have to say is like national network television. And it's like, you sure you only need six. Uh, so, and so I try, try like all these techniques, rice did work, but uh, the uh, I fix it makes a much better point that it might work initially, but it might work enough that it comes back. But will it continue to work for a long, long time? Probably not, because again, it's probably deposited whatever water you've dunked it into has probably deposited stuff that's going to cause corrosion. Uh, so they say switch it off immediately and then disassemble it completely. With I don't I they don't explicitly say it, but there's a link so that if you want to buy an iFixit branded complete phone disassembly kit, you can buy one. Which actually you should probably have anyway. They're only like twenty bucks, and you don't have. Oftentimes you don't have time to wait for shipping if you have it nearby. But it says disassemble it completely, immerse the parts in alcohol so that it will basically dilute and dissolve off uh, whatever minerals or whatever has been, have been deposited, and then scrub it with a toothbrush. Uh, and then let it dry, and then reassemble it. So it did make me think that, yeah, you know, I think I've got the tools for that, but maybe I don't, and maybe I should just order <laughs> order a disassembly kit because um, uh, I uh, the only thing that I would enjoy more than rescuing my own phone that way is if, like, uh, I've uh, uh, one of my neighbors or one of my friends yeah. said that, oh, so okay, that, that that's. Okay, don't panic. 
don't panic. Just like bring it right over here. I'll. <laughs> this is why it. I carry around a lot of cords and adapters when yeah. I go uh, to women's conferences because I love to be the hero. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I, I'll admit I, it. I love to be the hero. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. It's I. I once uh, almost lost a friend by like absolutely uh, unknowingly totally undermining him like on a first or second date situation because like we uh, we were like uh, double dating and uh, his date was having some like issues and I was I was allowing him to be the white knight and solve these problems but he was not prepared to solve these problems and so like we went we uh, it was like a concert uh like a f- first night uh, like a new year's eve sort of thing and so like her, she was really really cold her hands were freezing and then he had nothing to do and so i reached into my bags well i have a whole bunch of these chemical hand warmers why don't you take some just you know break it open and shake it and it'll be nice and warm and then like the music was too loud and he didn't have any ideas so well i i keep a whole a bunch of these disposable foam foam earplugs like in my bag just in case i need them and so I was told later, I, I made the fateful mistake of saying, so how, how are things with Eileen? I thought she was really cool saying she didn't, she's not returning my phone calls. She said, she said that <laughs> she, she got this faraway look and said that like, I, I, I was so jealous of his girlfriend that like he was taking care of the two of us in a way that I don't think you can ever take care of anybody. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, dear. Points for Andy. <laughs> I it was yeah, there, there's probably a German word for this, but feeling really, really, really bad for having caused misfortune for somebody else, but not being uh, able to not be flattered by what it says about you, the matter that. So again, see that how, that's what happens to men, and then for women, I just get called the mom of the group because <laughs> I always have a I always have a sewing kit and downy on me. <laughs> You like, find yourself spitting into handkerchiefs to wipe things off their cheeks. Yes, and make sure there's no lipstick on my friend's teeth yes. and making sure flies are up. Listen, I'd want somebody to do the same for me. <laughs> um, clearly, Andy, you and I are cut from the same cloth. Uh, <laughs> uh, responsible adults. There just aren't enough of what us, are there? What can we do? What can we do? <laughs> well, that's going to do it, I think, for this week. Flo, is there anything coming up that you'd like to call people's collective attention to? I'm doing so much uh, lab work right now at home, which is great. Um, I'm very happy to be doing this kind of work, actually, because um, this is the kind of pace I'm enjoying right now. But Breaking Bad I, sort of stuff or other lab sort of stuff? Just just still doing the gaming PCs. Good. Um, Good. I've started looking at e-scooters, electric scooters, so that's going to be a Ooh. thing I'm getting into. <laughs> um, my life is fun. I'm This is this is fun for me. Yes. And uh, But in the interim... I'm streaming on Twitch, so please come join me at twitch.tv slash ohthatflow. Um, I figured out a streaming schedule now that I'm back from vacation, so I'm going to be on Monday nights, Tuesday nights, and uh, Sunday mornings. So, and Sunday mornings, I've decided will be when I'm doing, when I'm working on projects, and so this Sunday, I'm going to be streaming, uh, putting together my Pokemon deck, because it's time. It's time. Yeah, I just said, you know, the tournaments are coming up in D.C. I'm not going. By the way, you can win like $25,000 at these things. But I decided in the spirit of it, like I should put together my deck now that I've like accumulated. I've bought all the cards that I want to have. So, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. 
Well, my next uh, my next uh, tech half hour for uh, NPR in Boston, WGBH, is Friday, the uh, July twelfth. So, a couple of days from today, as we record. Uh, the other cool thing about it is that. Uh, it's at the Boston Public Library studios they've got there. They've got a, uh, GBH has a permanent studio in like the big like cafe in the in the Johnson building on Beacon Street. Uh, so uh, absolutely check out. You can watch me gesture with my hands, even though I know that I'm only on the radio and nobody can actually see me as I'm doing this, which is probably why I'm gesticulating wildly with my hands. I, you know, there's no way I can get around that. I need every help I can get. Uh, and uh, if you uh, don't get to see it live, you can either stream it remotely or uh, stream it later on because they post the show, uh, recording of the show available on the website. Go to WGBHnews.org. Uh, otherwise, check out uh, Anatko on Twitter, Anatko Instagram, uh, Anatko.com on LayWeb. That's going to do it for us for this week. Everybody, thanks so much for listening to us this week. We hope you listen to us again next week. Until then, I hope your intervening seven days are individually and collectively quite awesome. Bye. Bye. <laughs>